Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Uh, and don't wear pants! <laughs> but pants! <laughs> uh, and eat a block of cheese in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that. Minimum. I'm eating a block of cheese. Yeah. So if I this episode gets it. cut short, it's because Lucy <laughs> needs to run to the bathroom, not walk. <laughs> I got my cast. <laughs> she has her shit bag on. It's strapped. Oh my, <laughs> my stadium strapped to pal. her backside. <laughs> All right. Okay. If, if you didn't know already, I'm Kenyon. Oh yeah, right. Our names. <laughs> Who cares? I'm Lucy. Who cares? And I'm Amanda. I care. <laughs> And uh, this week we have uh, kind of a weird uh, topic for us. Nobody was really mm-hmm. able to guess it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Might have been due to my hint. <laughs> I didn't even post a hint on the Facebook. I was like, I don't know how. It's, I can't do gifts on Facebook. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's really an abs. It's kind of a riddle. So what mm-hmm. we're calling this episode is Lucky Bastards. Um, Wait, what was the rhyme that you posted? <laughs> Lucky ass turds. Lucky ass turds. <laughs> So on this episode of Wine and Crime, we're going to dive into plucky ass turds. Kind of weird, kind of a departure for us. Wade through those jelly beans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Count your beans. (laughs) So, lucky bastards, how we're defining it is basically how the hell did this criminal get away with his crimes for so long? Like, why... His or her. His or her. Why was this person not caught earlier? Right. Um, Mine's a his this time around. Mine's also a his, so... Mine's also a his. I was just trying (laughs) to be politically correct. (laughs) For what? We applaud you for that. We have three male perpetrators (laughs) in one episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So, Amanda, uh... Why don't you lead us into the wine crime pairing for Lucky Bastards? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, by uh, by popular demand, mm. I have chosen the 19 Crimes 2016 Red Blend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. We've gotten, like, a million tweets and recommendations on Facebook about this, and I'm actually, the more research I've done about it, the more excited I am to drink it. It sounds amazing. It's highly rated. Um... Apparently, it's named and labeled for the criminals who were sentenced to, quote, conviction by transportation in Britain, a.k.a. Mm. exile to Australia, to, like, live among the world's most terrifying creatures and spiders. Snakes. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. Apparently, around this time, there were, and I don't know what these crimes are, but there were, like, 19 specific crimes that, if committed, you'd face exile from Britain. Sheep stealing was so, one of them. Well, there you Ooh. go. Yep. Don't know there don't you go. know why that is in my brain, but that is a fact. Just mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's ship me weird. right off to Australia then. <laughs> yep. Guilty I had a dime for every sheep I'd stolen. <laughs> um, but admittedly I chose it because A, you've all been begging for it, and B, the folks we're discussing today have committed far more than nineteen crimes uh-huh. and managed to squeak by undetected. So we got a toast to that. Yeah. Um so this is kind of an interesting blend. It is it is Australian, but it's a blend of French varietals and um, a blend that I really hadn't encountered before. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, it uses Shiraz, Grenache, of course, because I fucking <laughs> always drink a Grenache, mm-hmm. and Mauverde. Mm-hmm. So three mm-hmm. French varietals that are absolutely delicious. On the nose, we're getting some ripe crushed blackberry fruit, mm. um, including like boysenberry, blackcurrant, elder fruit. So not intensely sweet fruits but definitely jammy um hints of oak a little bit of vanilla toasted almost like creme brulee oh my god um, on a lot of these red blends you can get a little toasted marshmallow some sometimes that's a flavor that wineries are going for sometimes it's not but i really enjoy it um and it finishes with just a little tiny bit of like heat like that black pepper that is pretty classic for uh grenache wow um it's jammy on the palate, but not too sweet. It's well-balanced. It's medium-bodied. This is a softer wine. It's not acidic or boozy, which makes sense because it has a 13.5% ABV, so it's going to be right in that sort of, like, sweet spot. Of not getting um, caught. Of not getting caught. And then, to we're not going to talk about Grenache because that would be beating a dead horse. We've talked about it a million times. Um, We've also talked Shiraz, about beating a dead horse a million times. <laughs> or beating off to a dead to horse. or inside of a dead That's horse. That's what I meant. Of that happened. from episode yeah. one. Apt yeah. correction. The Wisconsin horse fucker. Yeah. Oh, I know. God bless <laughs> him. It is still burned into my psyche. I'll never Free forget Brian. that. Hashtag Free never Brian. forget. Free Brian Hathaway. <laughs> anyway, Shiraz is a dark-skinned grape that originated in France but has now grown worldwide. It produces a medium to high tannin wine with tasting notes of blackberry mint weirdly mm. and black pepper some people will get a little bit of mint a little bit of like star anise off of that grape which is kind of it's interesting pronounced anus <laughs> oh god story anus <laughs> we are so mature <laughs> mature mature if you will Oh, I can't even talk. Morverd is uh, commonly from the Rhone and Provence regions of France, but like Shiraz and Grenache, it can now be grown and found worldwide. And this grape trip typically produces a more tannic and boozy wine with earthier flavors. So it's a great grape for blending because it kind of balances out some of the juicy fruit characteristics of Shiraz. So let's pop it open. Mm, Juicy fruit. And, um... Juicy fruit. I'm going to admit that I started this cork before we started recording because I had you embarrassed your myself from so last many time. episodes in a row. <laughs> nice pass. Nice. A nice pop nice, and a pour clean, and ladies. Fruity pop. A cheers. 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 Oh, y'all. All right. Hello. Come to mama. <laughs> La, as we begin to mm-hmm. guzzle down this wine, uh, do you want to give us some 
background in psych into getting away with murder? Mm. Yeah. So um, I've mostly focused on homicide because, you mm-hmm. know, yep. why waste our time with anything less exciting? Yep. Heavy sure, hitters. Sure. So I found some federal stats on uh, how many different kinds of crimes go unsolved in the U.S. each year or what they mm. call being cleared. Mm. If there's if the crimes are solved, they're called cleared Okay. So, in terms of cleared crimes in the U.S., right now we're at 64.8% of murders. So, about a third of murders go unsolved. Okay. When you frame it like that, it sounds bad. When you frame it the other way, it sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, 64% sounds good. A third unsolved sounds really bad. Because we're really good at math. So we can yeah. we contain multitudes <laughs> and that we think that that is both good and bad. We're we can, basically mathematicians. Okay. We can spin it. <laughs> yeah. I know ABV. That's a percentage. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we're at just under 65% of murder-solving rates, but uh, Mm -hmm. that was around 90% in 1965, which I thought was interesting because with all the advancements in technology and forensics, um, Mm -hmm. we've actually gotten worse at solving murders. But I guess you could say those advancements exist on both sides. That's true, yeah. Well, for the, sil- for the silencers and whatnot. Criminal, yeah. But also in the 60s, we were just putting away anybody with enough, like, circumstantial evidence. You know? That's true. So Our it's, hope- crimes right. that were clear, does that mean that they, you know, were <laughs> likely or at least possibly put away as not guilty? Oops. Ye- yeah. Like, there's not... I mean, obviously, if the cops said, well, we have a 65% clearance rate, but a lot of those people are actually innocent. Like... Right. That's yeah. not a stat. Right. Yet. Um, okay. Running down the list of other crimes, about 41% of rapes are cleared. Reported so rapes. Garbage statistic. Yeah. So, reported forcible rapes, Yes. Oh my god. Uh, only t- Which is there any other kind of rape? According to uh, every Republican lawmaker, they love to draw distinctions in hierarchies of rape. I can't. I That's just so fucked up. Can't even. Uh fucking Speaking The answer to that question was no. And- there is no <laughs> other type of rape. All rape <laughs> is forcible. Rape by nature is forcible. By yeah. definition. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, we're going to pull ourselves out of this dark place or else we'll never Ooh, get you there. You to making this crazy, girl. <laughs> Shit. Um, so 28% of robberies are solved. So if mm-hmm. you want to commit a crime, you should probably go rob a house. Wow. because The cops don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. They really don't. Okay, and 57% of aggravated assaults. Moving on. (laughs) So here are some reasons why the clearance rates are so low, particularly for homicides. Investigations are very expensive. So if something um, draws on for weeks or months or years, it is ridiculously expensive to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Hmm. One example I found was a three-week-long manhunt that ended up costing more than a million dollars per day. What? Wow. Wow. Yeah, and the most expensive part 
is paying investigators overtime in those crucial oh. first 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they say if you don't find anything within the first, well, first 48 if we all watch. Mm-hmm. It's A and E. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the seven, the first seventy-two hours, they're working st- like seventy-two hours straight. Yeah. Right, without sleep. Yeah, that's true. A lot true. of overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, homicide rates, in general, have dropped since the nineteen nineties. So this one third that we have left unsolved is, they suspect that they're largely involving. Uh, organized crime or gangs, so there mm. are maybe witnesses who are never going to go to the cops about it. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And then it also and there's so on... much corruption when it comes to organized crime that like oh yeah, it, that doesn't shock me at all. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's a whole different yeah. code. Also, yeah. listen to Crime exactly. Town, The Departed. Oh yeah, oh, so yeah. good. Woof. Uh, it also depends on where the crime takes place and. You could argue that that is that depends on the amount of resources that those police jurisdictions have, but um, like any time a cop gets murdered, mm-hmm. they are sol- those crimes are solved virtually one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, so, right. so part of it I don't is really motivation. Buy, mm-hmm. It's motivation. It's time. It's energy. It's attention. Mm-hmm. Allocation of resources clearly has there's favoritism there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple mm-hmm. stats I saw, uh, depending as far as where the crime takes place, San Diego solves as many as 90% of homicides. While oh, Det- San Diego, well done. <laughs> while Detroit <laughs> solves as few as 30%. Uh, yeah. Well, Detroit, uh, I mean, they you can't even get an The forgotten ambulance. city of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even get well, clean water. Yeah. That same stat was linked to New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. So that, I mean, they are in better shape than Detroit, and this, again, is wild right. speculation. Right. But Some other podcasts, and I can't remember, I think it might have been um, In the Dark, the one about mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Wetterling. I think she goes, oh, yeah. she goes into, um, I'm blanking on the podcaster's name, but it is an excellent podcast, and she goes into all of this stuff about clearance rates and how they're calculated and how police try to kind of almost manipulate their own statistics to oh yeah look i mean we learn a lot of that in the serial podcast too right and um baltimore and Steven- has huge huge uh discrepancies because of that shit yeah in their criminal justice system yep and i think also no matter which side of the stephen avery case you're on like, mm-hmm. there's some seriously fishy shit going on with the cops, yep. even yeah. if he is guilty. Yeah. Yeah. We need to rewatch Making a Murderer yeah. with wine. Oh. oh my god, it's so good. Oh, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> Here are some reasons why why people get away with murder. Um, so, as mm-hmm. we said before, reluctant witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, f- false confessions from police interrogations because mm-hmm. technically the real murderer is not there. Right. Well, did you do it? I don't know. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, did it. Oh, Brendan <laughs> Dassey. So sad. Uh, I know. It's such Poor a sad Brendan. situation. Uh, technical errors. So in 
when you're in a jury, if if the defense team comes up with one piece of evidence that nudges the jury over that mm-hmm. boundary of reasonable doubt, reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. could be something that's total bullshit. But if it's enough to sway the jury, and that threshold of reasonable doubt is serious, I was on a jury last summer. Yeah. And, like, I really thought the guy was guilty, but I also don't trust the police when they just say, I'm a cop, take my word for it. Right. It's like, no, I don't buy that. It was the reasonable doubt thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I want to get away with murder on a technicality. That's my long-term goal. (laughs) So (laughs) weird. podcast is not going to (laughs) help. No, destroy all the evidence. (laughs) Another reason is if they're is a suspected homicide, but there's no body. Because then there's no Mm -hmm. homicide investigation if there's no body. Even... No body, no crime. Even after, you know, even after enough time or even after the family can say, like, you know, legally speaking and insurance-wise can, can you know, claim that their person is dead. dead. Yeah. They're just a missing person. Okay. There's no reason to accuse mm-hmm. anyone else of anything unless there's a body and they it was a murder. Okay. Listen to season two of Someone Knows Something. I it's love... like one of the most amazing podcasts ever. No, I do. I love that and podcast. You'll, yeah, you'll get an earful on the... Well, and this is Canadian, but sort of the legality of being a missing person. <laughs> and when that trail goes cold, it's like no one... There are no resources for that shit. Yeah. They they're don't care. Canadian, but they're, I well, they're I only make sword. that distinction because that means meaning their police force is probably going to operate <laughs> a little differently from how ours does. I don't mean it doesn't matter because and Canadian, because but, they're subhumans, you know. right? Yeah, that right. Too. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just take your free health care and get out yeah. of here. They're just one level above Wisconsinites. Well, <laughs> I like Canada. <laughs> Kenyon, we used to escape to Canada to get drunk all the time. Oh, yes. We have many a stories mm-hmm. there. We'll get to that on another episode. Um, okay, so if the person, the person could get away with murder, if they appear and act normal so they blend in with the rest of society... They can have pets, they can be married, they can own a home, they can have a stable job, and they could also be a total psychopath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're calm calm under pressure, so maybe they kill someone on purpose or accidentally, but their their brains don't panic and they don't get anguished and upset, so they have time to get rid of evidence or stage the scene or dispose of the body or mislead the cops sure. or come up with an alibi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any so, of the above. Um, this was my favorite one because I've never heard this phrase before. Impression mm-hmm. management. Ooh. So they huh. can just charm people into perceiving them as not a threat. Ted Bundy. They can t- okay. totally control how yeah. others perceive them all the time. Nice. Yeah. Which is something I should practice. I was going to say, I feel like as a restaurant manager, I practice this every day. Hi, how y'all doing? Well, how y'all doing tonight? Y'all doing good? Are we celebrating something? I am Amanda. I'm plotting your murder inside. Free beer. Now give me eight minutes while I open this bottle of wine. And spill it on your heirloom sweater. Oh my god. <laughs> Didn't mean to. I spilled milk on a sleeping baby one time when I was serving. 
the parents were not happy. <laughs> Better than hot coffee. I've never done that, but it's been done. That's true. It was only milk, and the baby didn't even wake up, so whatever. It was probably the best nap of that baby's life. It's like if somebody yeah, poured no wine on us if we were sleeping. We'd be like, baby, oh, yeah. me. God bless. For once, it's not urine. Thank you. <laughs> so refreshing. <laughs> nice change of pace. For once in my goddamn life. <laughs> Hashtag um, post if there's a if there's a lack of forensic evidence, like uh, DNA, fingerprints, <laughs> etc., that is very delicate. So it has to mm-hmm. be handled and preserved very carefully. So if the cops screw it up. Yeah. Like, that shit's not coming back. Yeah. Uh, right. But also, rich people get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Like, oh, really? If you have, if you have oh, money, then you are in the same social circles as politicians and judges and legislators and people who decide mm-hmm. the law and the punishments for those mm-hmm. laws. So, rich people tend to, you know, white-collar crime because yep. the, everything is swayed in their favor. Yep. And right. they can also hire really, really good attorneys. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I wanted to end with rich people getting away with shit because I wanted to share with y'all the story of Robert Durst, which mm-hmm. you've probably all heard of because of the 2015 HBO documentary, The Jinx. Which if you haven't watched it, yeah. maybe fast forward past Lucy's segment. Yeah. Because I guarantee... We will spoil it for you. And and it's and so good will. and you don't want it spoiled. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I've watched yeah. the whole thing twice and every Same time days. I get to the end I Shock. like want to vomit. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. full body chills. It's like amazing. Mm-hmm. People remember mm-hmm. where they were when like 9/11 happened <laughs> and yep. I remember where I was the first time I saw the end of the jinx. It's so good. Yep. It's so horrifying. Okay, so there's a movie called All Good Things with Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I love this movie. I watched that movie in a row. Like, I watched it, and then I just hit replay. It's so good. I watched watched it, I watched The Jinx, and then I watched it again. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of loosely based on Robert Durst. They they couldn't come out and say this is Robert Durst because he's really rich and he has a lot of lawyers. So right, but it names were changed, was. but it definitely was about him. Yeah, yeah. And how his first wife went missing in 1989, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so backing up a little bit though, Robert Durst saw this movie in 2010 and loved it so mm-hmm. much that he contacted the director uh, Andrew Jalecki. Mm-hmm. And asked him, or Jarecki, asked him to do a documentary on himself, Robert Durst. Which is just yep. so next the, level the Jinx. The Jinx oh. is this documentary, so <coughs> I next think... Next level, like, confidence, fucking... Narcissism. Hiding in plain uh, sight. Nar- total yeah, narcissism. narcissism. Mm-hmm. Just, ugh. Um, so... Just while we're on this topic of the jinx, the day before the documentary aired, Durst was arrested for first-degree murder. Yep. Mm-hmm. After, and here I'm going to spoil it, if you haven't seen the jinx, turn this shit turn off Turn right this now. off. <laughs> I.e., fast forward. Don't turn it off. We want the play. Yeah. But <laughs> right. fast forward. Right. 
he was arrested for first degree murder because he basically confesses to all of this shit in the very mm-hmm. last scene of that movie, and it's terrifying. Because it's he like forgets gold. his mic is on. It's so good. You have oh, to. Oh yeah, watch he it. forgets it's that so he's good. mic'd, and he goes to the bathroom, and he tells mm-hmm. he's talking to himself he's talking in the to mirror, himself. basically. Yeah, and they, like, it's all recorded. Like, yeah, they know you did <gasps> it. You killed him. You killed chills. all of them. I have the chills. <laughs> just think, uh, I want to rewatch it now so bad. Yeah. The, I, I know, I have goosebumps. Uh, the other scariest part about Robert Durst is what my coworker Nicole calls his dead mackerel eyes. He yeah. has total <laughs> just dead like, fish eyes. And he yeah, has black, like a series of like nothing going ticks. on. Oh my yes. god, his ticks are so creepy. Ticks. Oh, the burping. The, oh. N- nervous burping. It's like watching an episode of Rick and Morty. It's crazy. Okay. Gross. Which you two okay. don't get because you're not as nerdy as I am. But people out there will appreciate that reference. <laughs> I get that it's nerdy and I'm going to giggle politely anyway. Ha ha! Assholes. Ha 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 ha! At least it wasn't Harry Potter this time. Fair enough, but there's a Thank lot God. of game left, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just a brief overview of Robert Durst and his crimes, which mm. we're pretty confident that they were. So he's a son of a real estate investor in New York, very rich family. When he was seven years old, he claims that his father basically made him watch his mother commit suicide by jumping off the roof of their mansion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So his father was kind of fucked up, if we are to believe Robert Durst. Yeah, I think his, sure. the age, his brothers, like, deny that claim. His mom did commit suicide. Commit suicide, yeah. yeah. Uh, but at the Not age at of 10, he went and saw a psychologist. Literally, his parents sent him to see a psychologist because of sibling rivalry with his younger brother. Mm-hmm. So that's how much money they had. Um, yep. he, the, the, the psychologist reported that he had, quote, personality decomposition and possible schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Woof. I don't know what personality decomposition is, but it don't sound good. <laughs> I was going to say, that cannot be good. No. <laughs> Sounds so his, bad. <laughs> so his first wife, named Kathy McCormick, disappeared in 1982, not 1989. Um, mm-hmm. They were at their house in the countryside in upstate upstate New York <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Durst was the last person to to see her and he claims he put her on a train back to the city and no one ever heard from her again and she mm-hmm. was um, trying to get a divorce from him at the time but she yep. was going to med school and wouldn't yep. have had money to it complete her studies yeah, yeah. Y- yep mm-hmm. she yep. was riding it um, out so her family believes that he did it because he definitely I mean, did it. Fucking, of course he did it. Mm-hmm. And the New York State authorities reopened the case in late 2000, and this is important. His best friend, her name was Susan Berman. She lived in California near Beverly Hills, which is also important, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go into that part. You just have to watch the jinx. Yep. Um, in December 2000, so right after the case was reopened, she was yep. found murdered execution style in her home. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Robert Durst says, and there's evidence, that he was in California at the same time, but up closer to, like, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he basically does, he refuses to talk to the police about it. Just flat out. He has his alibi. They have evidence that he was at least in San Francisco, but he would not be questioned further about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that case Ugh. was kind of a cluster. 
Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Durst moves to Galveston, Texas. He lives in a boarding house and he dresses as a woman to avoid suspicion from other people and to avoid mm-hmm. the cops, basically. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like kind of a fugitive. But yeah. he hasn't been officially charged with anything, so really he's just avoiding people. Yeah. And kind of he preparing just wants to, stay, to steer clear. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has an elderly neighbor named Morris Black, who's like kind of cranky, crotchety old guy. Mm-hmm. And this man was found in several garbage bags floating in the bay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Along like, with later the on. sewing scissors. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I tossed those in New Jersey. Okay. So they, oh, they made it all the way <laughs> to around. Galveston. That's I, fair. I mean, I know geography. I'm no scientist, but. When you said that, I was like, mm, it was actually a paring knife and two axes, but whatever. <laughs> no, my sewing scissors. <laughs> Okay, and I have to read this part just out loud. This is straight copied out of the Wikipedia entry. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. I couldn't even paraphrase it any better than it was, so I'm just going to read it. Yep. On October 9th, 2001, Durst was arrested in Galveston shortly after body parts of his elderly neighbor were found floating in nearby Galveston Bay, but was mm-hmm. released on $300,000 bail the next day. He missed mm-hmm. a court hearing the following week, and a warrant was issued for his arrest on the charge of bail jumping. On November 30th, so like a month and a half later, he was caught in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at a Wegmans supermarket (laughs) after trying to... The best supermarket. I love Wegmans. After trying to shoplift a chicken salad sandwich, (laughs) Band-Aids, and a newspaper. I love that it's a single Band-Aid. Um, okay, it was a single Band-Aid. It says Durst had removed them from the box and placed one under his nose, attracting the, the attention fuck? of store surveillance. <laughs> so he had $500 in his pocket. He also, like, had shaved his head and his eyebrows, and he yeah. just looked like a total fucking creep at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a police search of his rental car yielded $37,000 in cash on top of the 500 he had in his pocket, two guns, some weed, mm-hmm. Morris Black's driver's license. Why and would der- you keep that? You fucking moron. I don't know. Yeah. I Why don't would you know. shoplift Band-Aids when you have $500 <laughs> cash in your pocket? Band-Aids. This gets weirder. He had mm-hmm. also directions to the Connecticut home of Gilbert Najami. Dr. Najami. <laughs> Dr. Nandy. Dr. Nandy. Uh, <laughs> Every who, episode's going to have a shout out for Dr. Nandy. Who was uh, a confidant of his first wife, who people oh, assume yeah. that he killed, who had dogged Durst for years, publicizing accusations that he had murdered his wife. Oh, I didn't So he know. had directions to this person's home. He also used his time on the run to stalk his brother Douglas, visiting the driveway of his home in upstate New York with a gun, when he had a gun. Uh, So he's just obsessed and insane. And I think the, like, they think that the motivation behind killing Susan Berman, his longtime friend, was that she Mm -hmm. might have been involved in the initial kind of misleading of the police 
um, or of friends and yep. family, even in his in- wife's disappearance. Yeah, yeah. She and knew something, just that and he wanted to silence her. Yeah, and yep. as soon as he found out that that case was reopened, he yep. went to California and killed her. Right. Fucking cray. Um. Here's the crazy part about the Morris Black uh, dismemberment. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. His story was that he that Morris was over at his house. They were having a. They were just talking. Morris found the gun, like one of Durst's guns, and they were fighting over it. And the gun went off, and he accidentally shot Morris in the face. Yep. Then he panicked, um, and used, like I said, a paring knife, two saws, and an axe to dismember the body before bagging it up and throwing it in the bay. But yep. because Morris's head was never recovered. They could never, they couldn't corroborate his story, which is bad, because he admitted to at least the dismemberment and disposal. Mm -hmm. Right, but he didn't, he was never convicted of anything for the, for that murder, wasn't he? Because of a lack of forensics, he was acquitted in 2003. I thought it it was like a stand uh, your ground thing that he said that Morris had gone into his apartment and started a fight, and so he was allowed to Well, no, but I don't think it was like a break in and started a fight thing, but you're absolutely right. It was like a self-defense plea. It was a self-defense slash accident, and he somehow Mm -hmm. managed to convince the jury that he dismembered the body because, just out of panic. But actually, that's not really true, because the jury was never involved, he was acquitted. Yeah. So, basically, lack of of forensics is how he got away with this, after admitting that all of this happened. It's just totally insane. It's just so insane that he's able to get away with this shit yeah well and if um, and you're absolutely right though if he were poor this would not mm. have gone any farther than this mm-hmm. period. well this is this is crazy too his defense team couldn't communicate with him so they hired a psychiatrist who speculated that he had asperger's oh my god which was probably uh, also presented at trial that that actually after watching the jinx like yeah. seems reasonable Oh yeah, he totally has like mm-hmm. pretty. I mean, we're we're totally psychologists. Uh, he and the doctors. <laughs> he definitely doctor. is on some sort of spectrum and pretty mm-hmm. far on that spectrum, in my totally yeah, yeah. amateur opinion. He's nuts. Yeah. Well, legit. <laughs> so in two thousand four, he <laughs> pled guilty to. In 2004, <laughs> he pled guilty to skipping his bail or, you know, his court date and one yep. count of evidence tampering. So as part of a plea bargain, he only spent three years in jail. He was paroled in 2005. The rule, this is so gross. The rules of his release required him to stay near his home that permission was required to travel. This is also pulled mm-hmm. directly from Wikipedia because, again, this is just p- insane. It's too good. Um, so he needed permission from the court to travel. That December, he made an unauthorized trip to the boarding house where Morris Black had been killed and to a nearby shopping mall. At the mall, he happened to run into former Galveston trial judge Susan Chris, who no. had presided over his trial. 
due to due to this incident, just because he happened to run into this woman who knew exactly oh that he should he not yep. be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles determined that he had violated his terms of his parole and returned to jail. Um, so he was in jail for like another, I don't know, several months. Yeah. When asked in March 2015 whether she believed Durst murdered Morris Black, Chris, the woman he ran into, mm-hmm. commented, you, quote, you could see that this person knew what they were doing and that it was not the first time. The body was cut perfectly like a surgeon who knew how to use this tool on this bone and a certain kind of tool on that muscle. It Ugh. looked like it was not a first-time job. <laughs> that is horrific. Yeah, so, as I said... Right the day before that HBO doc came out, he was arrested on suspicion of first degree murder or for yep. first degree murder. He the trial is ongoing. Yeah, he's still his trial is still happening. And the latest thing that I saw said that one of his like lifelong friends mm-hmm. told the cops that Durst had admitted a long time ago that he had killed his first wife. Mm-hmm. Was Yikes. it his first wife, or was it Susan Berman? I don't know. But he admitted to something. So, like, shit's happening again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He fucking <sighs> so, killed anyway. them all, as he said. Oh, yeah. He, in his Un- own words, he killed yep. them all. Yeah. Unfucking doubtedly he yeah. killed... And quite possibly killed more people that we just don't know about. Yeah, yeah. That's and what, like, else? freaks me out. His wife <clears throat> disappeared in 1982, and he mm-hmm. may not have killed anyone else until 2000. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. It's a long time. Oh. Yeah. Fucking yeah. crazy. Oof, that's me. All right. <laughs> well, my. This episode is roll heavy, by the way. Yeah, it is. So drink up. Like weirdly Love heavier it. than Killer Kids, even. Killer Kids was kind of a light episode. Mm-hmm. We had Which fun with shocks it. Shocks me. <laughs> but I, I can't. I can't vouch for your segment, Kenya. Mine Kenya, is. But there's like dark. Okay, because there's some dark shit in my okay. tape, so... I have an unopened bottle loins. of wine next to me, so yeah. I'm good. All right. <laughs> All right. Chug a lug. Okay. Uh, my case does not actually fit the profile of what we talked about uh, not getting caught at all. Yep. My guy is like a poor, creepy moron with no mm-hmm. <laughs> connections. <laughs> excellent description (laughs) love it and yet he got away with a ton of fucking murders for a really long time so i feel like deep down we're all poor creepy morons so yeah i'm probably gonna sympathize with this guy as i do Mm -hmm. most of our criminals no 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 No. Uh -uh. (laughs) okay try me okay (laughs) (laughs) oh shit okay (laughs) so our uh canadian listeners who we've already alienated um (laughs) will definitely basically wisconsinites it's fine i didn't say that for the record amanda loves canada oh my god um (laughs) Okay, so... And your drinking age. (laughs) (laughs) Canadians will definitely have heard of this fucker, um, and other, like, real true crime junkies will probably have heard of it, too, or at least it'll be familiar. So, I am going to be talking about the serial killer Robert Willie Picton. Um, Haven't we talked about how William or Willie is, like, 
the murderer name. Willie or Billy? <laughs> RJ. Billy. Just, no. Mm. It's a no-no. Ugh. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay, so Picton was born in 1949, raised on his family-run pig farm. Oh, this guy? I've heard of this guy. No. Um, No. (laughs) I'm not ready. (laughs) Uh, Outside of uh, Vancouver in British Columbia. Uh Okay, so as an adult, Willie lives alone in a trailer on the family property, and his young... It's always a trailer. It's always a trailer. Love the trailer killers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> After the death of his parents, uh, Picton and his siblings sold off most, but not all, of the uh, pig farm. Um, but they still kept some pigs, uh, like a handful of pigs or whatever. Uh, and How do you choose which pigs you're going to keep and which pigs you're going to sell? Oh, that would be so hard to do. The cute ones. Keep the cute ones. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Amanda, this is going to get really dark, and you can't already be empathizing <laughs> with the pigs. I'm not ready. She's stuck oh. on which pigs are the cutest. <laughs> you love bacon. I love pigs, too, though. Okay, okay I can do this. Right. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> Just breathe. It's okay. Um, okay. <laughs> So, Willie and his brother Dave took their shares of the uh, proceeds of selling off the land um, and started a salvage company. And then in 1996, something called the, quote, Piggy Palace's Good Times Society. (laughs) This is an underground, like, sex club, right? Pretty it's much. It's a sex club, right? Pretty much. Is this something you find on, like, the dark net? <laughs> the like deep 4chan? web. Like 4chan? Going down to Piggy's Palace Good Time Society. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. <laughs> oh. It's just so much grossness in one title. Oh. Um, I hate it. So, this is the kicker, though. This Piggy Palace's Good Time Society was registered <laughs> as a charity... What? <laughs> what? Oh, Canada. With the aim of holding dances and shows to raise money for other charities. So it was a nightclub, and they registered it as a charity, and that kind of lasted for uh, four years until finally the authorities were like, uh, nah. Uh, nah. Yeah. So what did it have to do with pigs? It was just on well, the pig they're, farm. they're pig farmers. Oh. They're they're nodding to their family heritage. Yeah. Why would you want to draw attention to that? <laughs> they they don't they love being pig farmers. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Neighbors would complain about the noise and drunkenness and debauchery at the the they held like <laughs> these massive massive parties of like 2000 people attending one party mm-hmm. and they were like biker gangs and uh people working in the sex trade. Um, so it was just, like, these big, drunken, drug-fueled orgies, basically. Someone was fucking pigs. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You don't not have a pig fucker in a group of 2,000 people. On a... Hey. At Piggy Palace's (laughs) Good Time Society. 
St- right. It's statistically impossible statistically. to not have a big fucker in there. It's like finding a needle in a stack of needles. In, in a stack of big fuckers. <laughs> okay, so... All right, so far so good. Yeah, so in 2000, the city shut down Piggy Palaces for good. Um, thank God. Okay, so meanwhile... The name... <laughs> This gets so dark. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> you started us out with some fodder, though. It was great. Okay. Between 1978 and 2001, so when Picton was aged between 29 and 52, mm-hmm. um, literally dozens of women working in the uh, street sex trade in a mm-hmm. sketchy part of Vancouver went missing. Oh so they, es- okay. they estimate at least 65 of these women went missing. Oh my god. In that time that's... period. And that's like a minimum Ooh. estimate. Of course, you know, working in the sex trade, especially like street sex work is mm-hmm. super high risk. You know, these mm-hmm. these individuals are already like the most marginalized and vulnerable in society they're already mm-hmm. experiencing and targeted t- yeah they're are they're targeted they're already experiencing yeah. just like extreme rates of violence um were these all reported disappearances too i'd imagine some of them weren't even reported yeah so that's why it's just an estimate oh, wow. and also some of oh okay some of those 65 it took like years for their disappearance to be reported because oh god many of these women like hadn't been in contact with their you know friends and family their families and their loved ones like who who's gonna report them missing right so they in their like day-to-day lives they were mostly hanging out with like acquaintances at best and right or other sex workers who certainly don't want to go to the police right Mm -hmm. yeah to to report because they're essentially pointing out themselves yes and because the police in doing so you know uh, this is kind of an underreported fact but the police can Mm -hmm. be violent clients of sex workers too you know like police Mm -hmm. also abuse sex workers Mm -hmm. um oh yeah at actually really high rates so there's just it's just a perfect storm of people being really really vulnerable um and the police also not like taking their reports seriously, even if things right. are reported. Um, it's just the classic, I mean, serial killer shitstorm. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a who's gonna believe you kind of thing, right? Which that will come into play very soon. Um, so eventually, you know, it's been it's like decades go by. Um, eventually, families of the missing women. Uh, begin holding rallies to try to drum up uh, attention and, and, you know, media scrutiny on the police. And it kind of lit a fire under the police and they um, formed a missing women task force to look into things. Okay. But the task force doesn't really get very far um, and it's eventually disbanded. Okay. Okay. So more about Willie. So, he was described by everyone as socially awkward and exhibiting strange behaviors. Uh-huh, because duh. Yeah. Because he's a pig farmer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Former. Gonna need you both to take a minute and go on the drive and look at photos. Oh, no. 
Because I never like it when you direct us to the drive. It's never good. <laughs> it's okay. It's always good. This no, it's always bad. This guy is this the severe alopecia guy? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. He looks. Wait. <gasps> no. <laughs> the guy with the lo- oh my god. Yep. It looks like he glued. <laughs> Long hair to the back of his bald head. How? How is that a choice you made? Just shave it all off. I like the picture of him in a sweater vest, hoisting himself out of what looks like a pig manure pit. Yep. So doesn't he look like a schlubbier version of um, the guy from Silence of the Lambs? Oh, Buffalo yeah, Bill? Yeah, that it puts the lotion oh, on its skin, guy. Was she like oh, a great big that's fat That's why person? I thought he was the... Was he based on this guy? No, because no. that movie came out way before all this. Buffalo... Uh, oh, that guy so is based that's on why I someone thought... else. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you, a size 10? He's just... Oh, my God. Such, oh my such God. a nightmare. <laughs> I fucking love Buffalo Bill. At oh work, I will literally sneak up behind employees and get really close to them and then just go, oh, wait, in their ear. No. I'd fuck me. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Every time I put on lipstick, which is about twice a year, would, I would think of that me? scene when he's like, would you fuck me? I'd, I'd fuck, fuck me. me. I love. I love. Okay. All right. Willie. <laughs> Would all right? Oh God, he would. <laughs> I'm not ready. You're not. I'm not ready. You're not okay. ready. He would. Your reaction alone. Yeah, Ugh. I can pretty. I can handle a lot of this shit, but this is like particularly grisly. Um, he would regularly travel to a quote rendering plant in Vancouver to dispose of excess animal waste. So a rendering plant is, like, for rendering fat off of, like, scraps of meat, right? I guess. I have literally no idea. It's basically thought. It's basically processing the Mm -hmm. leftovers into, Mm -hmm. like, dog food or soaps or separating out the usable... Grossness. Yeah. yeah. So he would go to Vancouver for that, and then while he was there, he would cruise around uh, the areas known for street sex work. So it's in the Vancouver's like downtown east side, which incidentally apparently is like the poorest, the poorest yeah. part of Canada. Willie would uh, pick up women who were like, you know, offering to sell sex, um, lure them back to his pig farm with offers of. Uh, money or uh, drugs and booze. Hey, baby, I got a pig farm. <laughs> Hop in, I have yep. a pig farm. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and then once there, he would handcuff and rape and torture them to death. Yay. Mm. Okay. Um, okay, so oh, this... Wait, don't, no need to sugarcoat that one. Yep. Nope, lay it on <laughs> Just thick. Just gonna gloss mm-hmm. right over that part. Okay. So, the reason why he is a, quote, lucky bastard is because uh, he was almost caught, or, like, the police could have caught him so many fucking times. And every time he just skated by through, like, just pure luck. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So, for example, in late 1997, a woman escaped Picton's farm after being repeatedly stabbed by him with a kitchen knife. Oh, my God. So, it was the same scenario. He had, like, picked her up, driven her there. Then he tried to handcuff her, and while he tried to handcuff her, he had a knife, like, to threaten her with, and she disarmed him. And stabbed him, Ooh. and then he stabbed her. Yeah, girl. And Go, I, girl. Woo-hoo. Yes, yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Yes. And so... I'm guessing it didn't end well for her, though. Well, so. actually, no. So she survived and uh, was brought to the hospital. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, Willie was also brought to the hospital to recover <gasps> from wow. his stab wounds. No. And oh they were God. placed in The rooms. same hospital? Uh, they were placed in hospital rooms next to each other. Oh, no! fuck you. Are you kidding me? Yep. What that happened? Is, uh, <laughs> what happened next? What happened? <laughs> oh. What? How did we meet? I together. That is where I am. So brutally fucked, though. Yeah. Like, get it together, Canada. What the fuck? Yeah. So, uh, so she reports oh the whole ordeal to the police, um, and she also told them, like, she knew other things about how, how Picton was a serial killer. So it wasn't just, yep. like, her own attack. She also knew about his other attacks. Maybe he told her right. through, like, or maybe she had heard reports, or I don't know. So Or saw the bodies on his pig farm. Or God knows what she saw, Yeah. So she told police that Picton would dispose of the bodies uh, with his meat grinder. What? And would then give some of the meat to friends or (gasps) feed it to his pigs. Oh, I was going to say, pigs eat anything. Pigs will eat anything. Holy shit. I'm never going to a meat raffle again. Yep. Ever. Oh, I am. <laughs> and I'm okay, I'm not bidding on any sausages anytime soon, though. Kit. Have Ham you ever only. won big at a meat raffle? <laughs> no. You'll never go back. You're right. Um, okay, so officials claim that the meat was never sold commercially because he didn't have a license. Oh, okay, then it's fine. But it was definitely, quote, served at barbecues <laughs> on the property and given to close associates. Oh my god! So sick. Yep. Hearing this. Well, it's also not helping that I'm listening to you talk about it while looking at the photos of him on the drive. Yeah, he's he is just absolutely next level revolting. He's disgusting. Yeah. Here's an honest question because I've thought about this many times. How does it taste? So he's giving (laughs) meat to his friends, Mm -hmm. and there I assume. Thinking that it's pork, mm. which is mm-hmm. a white meat. Mm-hmm. Aren't humans red meat? I th- no. I'm googling this right uh, now. Yeah, I don't we, know. We human. It has been said that human meat and pork are very similar. Oh god. And like the genetic makeup of like human flesh. Oh right. And pig flesh is very similar. But also, he's grinding it and making it into sausage, which means right. it's seasoned and likely cured, which is going to change the color. So by the time you get sausage, like you can get beef sausage that looks indistinguishable from pork sausage yeah. or turkey sausage. Like 
you know, chicken and turkey, those are white meats, but you get turkey bacon or turkey That's burgers true. and turkey sausage, they're seasoned. It totally changes the color so and you, the flavor of the meat. It's not like you're getting, like, a filet out of this. Exactly. So you're not mm. able to look at it and go, eh, that doesn't look like an animal. Like, it's fucking ground up. They have no clue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I just read aloud my Google search results? <laughs> Obviously. You know how if you, like, pose a question and it, like, just answers it at the top? Yep. Here, here's what it pulled up. <laughs> Pork. While often hailed as the other white meat, is actually a red meat that contains myoglobin, but it is Mm. not as densely packed with the protein as beef, so it appears more white. Hmm. Human flesh, (laughs) I don't know where this came Mm. from, but it says, human flesh, often known as long pig, (gasps) has similar levels of myoglobin. See? All right. My science wasn't great. Now I'm Googling long pig. Well, I'm just staring at this picture of this fucking guy eating meat off of a paper plate. Oh. Kenny and I hate you. I know. It's real bad. Okay. Okay, Okay, cool. All right. Oh, wait. Long pig. Hold on. (laughs) Long pig is a translation of a term formerly used in some Pacific islands for human flesh as food. Okay, so like Papua New Guinea, yep. they used to have, you know, cannibalism. Yep. Apparently they called it long pig. Well, All right, ooh. so I'm satisfied. Looks like pork. All right, okay. So, uh... Oh, long so, pig. Okay, this lady is, you know, they get in the stabbing fight, they're brought to the same hospital, she reports all of this stuff to the police, like her own attack and the mm-hmm. fact that, like, he's killing a bunch of people and putting them in his meat grinder and feeding them to people. And Fuck, pigs. yeah. The police, however, concluded that the survivor was high on drugs and therefore not a reliable witness. Oh, fuck you. Translation, she was a female sex worker. Yep. Period. Yep. 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 So they dropped the charges against Picton. Oh, my fucking God. Yep, so that was in Are fucking you patriarchy. Yep. Fucking. She had stab wounds. Uh-huh, multiple stab wounds. Yep. I'm literally so furious I might urinate. Yep, oh, just wait, just wait. Do we need to take a break? No, okay. I'm okay, right. keep going. Okay. Uh, by the way, we have an electrician here, and I'm definitely screaming <laughs> about human meat. Good. What color Long it is. Long pig. <laughs> You better do a good fucking job on my house's wiring. Or I'm going to turn you into cured long pig. Myoglobin. They'll think you're full. My parents are in town this weekend and we need barbecue. Oh my God. (laughs) Want to stay for dinner? (laughs) I'm going to ask him. (laughs) Fucking do it. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So, um, okay. So, so he's in the hospital. They kind of like temporarily arrest him while he's in the hospital recovering from his own stab wounds and in the course of that they collect his clothing and they keep it as evidence this is in 1997 it's not until 2004 and it becomes oh wow it becomes incidental at that point but it's not until 2004 that the police finally test the dna in the bloodstained clothes that he was wearing why oh my did it god. Take that long? And if they had tested it earlier, they would have found that there was DNA from two other missing women on his Motherfucker. clothes and boots. Motherfucker. And the woman who was in the hospital. It, so, like, three yes. women's DNA. Yeah, three women's blood. Oh my god. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Okay, so that was in 97. In 1998, police received an anonymous tip uh, to investigate Picton for the uh, disappearances of all these women. They ignored it. And then Natch. Natch. And then in 1999, they received another tip that Willie's freezer on his property had human flesh in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called Long Pig, okay? <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not cool. Uh, they arrest him for mislabeling. Um, <laughs> so, okay, it's 1999. They, inter- oh they interview him about this report. Okay, so they actually bring him in and interview him. During the wow. interview, he consents... To a police search of his property. He says, yes, go ahead, search my property. Oh, my God. They don't conduct a search. They never even went? Nope. The fuck, Canada? Yep. Uh, I... Mm-hmm. I'm... Wow. Yep. Um, okay, and then I saw some other report, but now I can't find the source again, and it was suddenly fucking time to record, so fuck mm-hmm. um but there's also some report <laughs> of someone seeing a woman's body hanging from a meat hook on the property oh. you know yuck, yuck, i yuck. would not be shocked by that considering yeah. the trajectory of things right now yeah it's like a saw movie i mean it's just long fucking pig yeah. factory long pig okay the oh longest pig yeah so finally <laughs> this is how he's caught <laughs> In February 2002, a former pig farm employee informed the police that he had seen illegal guns on the property. Okay. Suddenly, the police spring into action. Mm -hmm. They're so curious now. So concerned. Yeah. So the Mounties. Not the freezer full of long pig, but the guns. (laughs) Or the woman getting stabbed. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where there's smoke, yeah. guys. Yeah. Right. There's long pig. <laughs> there's long pig. Oh there's a great barbecue happening. <laughs> at, over at Piggy Palace. Piggy Palace. <laughs> oh, my God. So fucked up. Okay, so the, the oh, police so get gross. a search warrant to look for the guns, and they send r- some rookie cops to the property to do the raid. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Throughout. Great. Yeah. Throughout this initial search, they find fucking tons of creepy ass shit. And, like, I can't even oh, list no. it all. It's uh, it's insane. Try. Oh, Try. No. Yeah. Do your best. <laughs> I am biting my nails that I just got done yesterday. Yeah. So you owe me for that manicure. Yep. Don't do that. Um, Thanks, Patreon supporters. (laughs) (laughs) So they find women's clothing, shoes, and jewelry, even though no women live on the property. Sure. Um, Clearly. Faux fur-lined handcuffs and other restraining devices. Ew. Wow. Um, Where'd he get those Spencer gifts? Yeah, but also, like, like pretty serious, like, leather straps and... Bungee Oof. cords in the bedroom and stuff. Yeah. Ugh. Sex swing. And meanwhile, everything is already stained with blood because it's yeah. a fucking pig farm. Oh, it's, yeah. It is a cesspit, this place. And it reeks of shit. Yep. Yep. 
I'm looking like, through no, the no photos. No offense, but go drive through Wisconsin and or Iowa, and you're going to know what this place mm-hmm. smelled like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Fresh air. <laughs> America. Not accurate. They also found numerous sex toys, including one uh, handy DIY version, which was a 22 revolver with a dildo attached. What? Uh-huh. What? Which Picton later claimed was a makeshift silencer. You know he was fucking people with a dildo attached to a gun. Yep. Like, you know he was doing that. Yep. Yep. So... Oh, my God. Like, as logic would follow, he was fucking someone with the dildo and then just pull, could ha- pull the trigger at any moment? I don't know for sure, but I would assume. I mean, logistically, he could. We don't know if he did. Because that's the thing. If he ground the bodies, the evidence as to how they were killed in the first place is yeah. destroyed. Yep. Yeah, so we are so left he very to our well imaginations. Yep. Well, and we're really good speculators here at Wine and Crime. Yep. So I'm going to say he shot someone <laughs> up the squack with a gun <laughs> with a dildo on the end of it. Prob- yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Case closed. Yep, yep. That is some um, Patrick Bateman shit. It is, yeah. So they also found... Um, so all of that stuff, you know, it's weird, but it's not evidence necessarily until you get to DNA. But here, then they also found an asthma inhaler prescribed to one of the missing women. And multiple women's IDs. Mm. And this is all in the initial search when they're just looking for illegal guns and suddenly these... This is the stuff that's just lying around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in plain sight. Everything is just lying around. Um... But these are just some rookie cops. Can you imagine being a rookie cop and looking for some guns on a pig farm? And then you find bags I can't of even. bloody clothes. Oh, no. Like women's clothes. No, I think, oh, well, a no. mix. I don't know. It doesn't say. Well, I'm sure some Jesus. of the bloody clothes were his. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, After this search, Picton was soon arrested. Uh, They continued the search of the property, which was now expanded as a homicide investigation, obviously. Um, And it became the largest crime scene in Canadian history. Oh, my God. Um, It's a big farm. It's a big farm. There are pictures. There'll be a ton of pictures on the blog because this is so fucked. Yep. We're going to have, like, four slideshows. Yeah. Um, Just for this guy. Yeah, he's he's worth it. I put three pictures in the drive, so that's it. (laughs) Because he's worth it. Mm -hmm. He's worth it. (laughs) All right, so they... Maybe he's born with it. (laughs) Maybe he's a pig farmer. Maybe he loves long pigs. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Who doesn't? Police seized... 200,000 DNA samples and 600,000 exhibits over two years combing oh this property. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh Can you imagine being on that jury? <gasps> right. Well, okay. I mean, we'll get... can you imagine this even needing to fucking go to trial? Like, you did it. We're going to kill you now yeah. or put you away forever. <laughs> right. That's true. They couldn't even... They didn't even go forward with all of the cases basically because no. 
They, There's too many. Exactly. It was just too much. They don't have the manpower to do it. It's like too much on the taxpayer. Yeah. It, this guy would be each, in court for 50 each years. Each one is a separate trial. Yeah. He'd be in court for fucking ever. Yeah. So it would just get, it would just uh, become too expensive basically to try him once God. they already secured like a, a good enough conviction to, ke- to keep him away. I think this is the worst monster in history. Yeah. He's the fucking worst. Um... So the police also found blood-soaked mattresses, every kind of weapon you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Also, videotapes of Willie chatting with his friends about murdering, quote, prostitutes by injecting them with window washer fluid. What? Yeah. Like you what? put in a car? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, he's just pure, evil, disgusting. And, like, what the fuck kind of company is he keeping that they aren't going to the police? I think that some of his friends were likely involved in these murders. Uh, two in particular. Or at least having sex with these with these women. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't find... Det- I couldn't find any evidence that they were being tried, but I think that they were definitely accomplices at some point. But anyway. Oh, my God. Are these crime scene photos... That you've put up? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and should not have looked. Can you imagine being one of these women who is abducted and taken to this place? Right, it's- or, you know, going there thinking they're going to make their money and leave, mm-hmm. and they show up on the murder farm, and it's the most terrifying place ever. Right. Yep. It's a nightmare scenario anyway, but this is the... I mean, you couldn't build a creepier movie set. You couldn't. Oh, and it's, it's so It's almost secluded. too much. Like, if you made this into a horror movie just with the facts, no. it would be no. too much and too cliche almost. Like, it's so yeah. bad. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so in 2007, Picton is charged with killing 26 women. Um, Only? Well, they... <laughs> Uh, the list of possible missing women was like 69 that they knew of during the, mm-hmm. the period that he was actively killing. Um, yep. They found the remains or the DNA of 33 different wow. women um, on his property, but they couldn't charge him for some of those cases because I don't think they were able to accurately identify the victims. So they knew that... You okay, know, that was what I was going to ask, is they find, did they, because that's what's so sad, is he killed so many people, he was put away for what, what did you say, 26? Well, uh, he was charged with killing 26. Sorry, charged, but then there are all these women that he killed that ha- haven't necessarily been identified, and there are, there really isn't a solid answer. Right. Uh Yep. I mean, we can assume that he killed them, but their family is probably still wondering, like, yeah, it was probably him, but we don't have mm-hmm. the forensics to back that up. There, It's really not a closed case. Well, so mm-hmm. he... Okay, so while he's waiting trial, they put him in a holding cell, um, you know, right. for however long that took. I think it was years. Um, and they put an undercover cop in with him, for part mm-hmm. of that time. And uh, Willie bragged to the undercover cop that he had killed 49 women and that he was, quote, annoyed 
that he didn't have the chance to make it an even 50. Oh my god. Yeah. I That's, that's pretty gross. sick. Mhm. Yeah. Holy shit. And he also said that Oof. he only got caught because he got sloppy and I really want to know when he wasn't sloppy because his, mm. He's a pig farmer. His house is literal slop. <laughs> right. No, I mean, he only got caught because he had guns on his property. Period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He could have gone on for fucking ever. Ever. Killing, killing sex workers that clearly the police force didn't give a fuck about. Yep. Yep. That is so... The fact that a couple of illegal guns were his downfall is disgusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's what the state cares. I mean, we should care about illegal guns, obviously, but like... Sure, but we should also care about witness reports of women going missing, human meat in a fucking freezer, people dangling from a meat hook. A woman in the hospital telling the cops that the murder... An actual surviving victim. Yep. Oh I, my god. I, yep. I, I can't. Yep, it fell I, it I fell into can. their lap and they didn't do shit about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, so at trial he denies everything, pleads not guilty, but ends up being convicted on six counts of second degree mm-hmm. murder. Only six. At, of great. second well degree done. murder? Yeah, because they 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 have bone fragments. You know, they have Yeah. They have Jesus Christ. No body, no crime. Yeah. So they, they They don't they don't have any proof as to how he did it. Yeah. Right. I So basically yeah. what they're saying is because he brought them back to his property and they died on the property It was him. It was second degree murder. That's what they yep. could get him on, you know. God damn it. I mean, better than nothing. Right. But still. So, uh, they were, they... Tell me he's either dead or in prison. Yeah, he's in prison. They gave him the Mm -hmm. longest sentence possible under Canadian law, which is life in prison with no possibility for parole for 25 years. How is that life in prison? That's not life in prison. Yeah. Well, no parole for 25 years years. Right. Okay, but it, I'm drunk. It could be longer. <laughs> it's not saying that he will be released on parole in 25 years. It's okay, saying, so in 25 years, he could be up for parole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fact that he was even given possibility of parole is... Yeah. I, that's, I can't. Yeah, that's the harshest sentence, apparently, in Canada. Well, Canada's great, but, like, come on, guys. Yeah. Send him to America. We'll show you how to put him in a prison. (laughs) Yeah, you don't corporeal punishment. Oh my god, (laughs) corporeal. Okay, so I have some quotes from his brother Dave, who may or may not have been involved. Claims to have never been involved and wasn't charged with anything, but lived on the property. Fuck you, Dave. Yeah, lived on the property. No. Yep. He was at least fucking a pig. You lived <laughs> I mean, on the really. blood-soaked property and didn't yeah. know any of the shit was going on. Like, fuck you. Definitely ate some sausages. M- at minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He some long pig. long pig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> long pig lover. All right. That was his vanity plate. So I have... <laughs> so I have literally no idea. That was his AIM name. <laughs> <laughs> Long pig lover, sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yes. No. Oh my god. Now I have to create a new Instagram account with that handle. Well, duh. thanks a lot. I'm sure, it's not taken. <laughs> oh my god. Um, hashtag proposed damn. 
Um, That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda has reached the stage of drunk where she says, That's not funny. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, last last thing. So, a couple of quotes from his brother. And I don't know what the accent in Vancouver is, and I couldn't do it anyway if I could, so we're just going to make this southern. (laughs) When you kill pigs... You got the oh my god! You got the funny smell on you. That funny smell oh. when you butcher animals. Nobody kept track of him. Filipinos, they come and order meat. I drive down there, and everybody's waiting for a pig. What do Filipinos have to do with <laughs> any of this? Right? What? Just had to throw in some. I'm racism. offended by that. Yeah. Okay. One more quote. That f- funny smell is. Like, the feces in your intestines also, by the and, way. Uh, yeah. Blood. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Blood. I might have to become a vegetarian. Um, and he Fuck says, that. <laughs> I'm ordering long pig on Postmates, like, right now. <laughs> um, so then he said, <laughs> my brother, I don't think he could pull it off because he wasn't smart enough. He had a lot of weird <laughs> people <laughs> hanging around. I'd say... Willie, can I use the phone in the trailer? Just, end quote. Yep, just trails <laughs> off. Um, okay, end first of all, quote. Yeah, oh my most, god! Most astute thing that has been said about this the whole time. Yeah, he literally was like, <laughs> I don't think he was smart enough. Like at one point, he said he couldn't use the equipment because he was just so dumb. <laughs> so like, how was he getting away with murdering forty nine people? I'm sorry. I blame. I blame the police department. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I I, bl- I blame them. A hundred. I mean, like obviously, Willie yeah. is the one who did the murdering, and he's a fucking monster. Right. But they could have put a stop to this thirty women ago. Yep. If they had just mm-hmm. given a shit. Yep. Yep. Okay. So fucking bullshit. Very last thing in January 2016, Willie self-published a quote memoir. <laughs> Wait, what? what? From is this on Amazon? Can I get this on my Kindle? It is on Amazon. Please don't buy <gasps> it. Please don't I'm buy it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm obviously going to pirate it like okay. I do with everything okay. else. All right. That's Duh. fine. As long as you don't <laughs> give him any money, that's fine. No, fuck no. Amanda, send it to this. me. Yeah. Please send it to me. So, I'll print it at work. <laughs> it's 104. You put it on the drive. <laughs> It's 144 pages. It's apparently rife with spelling mistakes and grammatical errors. Of course it is. Because he's a fucking weirdo <laughs> pig farmer murderer creep psychopath. Oh and my he's God. self-publishing. This is the second episode where I have to urge people. Yeah. Once you're Do self-publishing, not. it's Do time not. to stop. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's Just not stop. publishing. Yep. It's not no. publishing. No. 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 Uh-uh. No. Um, oh, it also okay. has some biblical passages, so enjoy that. Um, <laughs> oh, as most self-published memoirs yeah. do. Sure. So right, 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 right. His uh, correspondence was, like, closely monitored in jail, so the way that he managed to sneak out his, quote, manuscript was by uh, passing it along to a fellow prisoner who was... Who is less monitored? Putting it in his butt with his jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> there was no room. There was too many no beans. Room. No. 
Um, and then the, no. the... had to get rid of all the red and blue ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so the victim's families uh, call the book a slap in the face, and the, the government mm-hmm. is trying to get Amazon to stop selling copies so that he can't profit from being a I fucking disgusting creep. I wonder how many copies he sold. I don't know. Probably more than the chiropractor. <laughs> Probably more than just to his mom. <laughs> yeah, over, <laughs> over under on one. <laughs> that's fucking amazing alright so that is Willie Robert Willie Picton that's a hard story to follow up but <laughs> I have I have someone almost equally dark yep which is crazy Ooh. like we said this is a fucking heavy episode like Robert Durst was like the, the least insane of all of these men so I chose H.H. Holmes, mm. who many people may is know that from the, the novel Devil in the White Devil City. Devil in the White City, that's right. <gasps> which I is soon read it to yet. be a. It's real good. And Martin Scorsese is doing a film with it uh, of it now where Leo DiCaprio plays H.H. H. Holmes. So, mm-hmm. heartthrob H.H. H. Holmes, who was born <laughs> Herman Webster Mudgett, which is the <laughs> best name ever. Like, I'd probably Mudgett. change my name too, but. Herman Webster Mudgett. Oh. That was Leonardo DiCaprio's real name? <laughs> no, idiot. That's H.H. H. Holmes' real name. Okay. <laughs> I need to get back on track. <laughs> so, this man was born May 16th, 1881. He was one of the first documented serial killers in history, which is pretty oh sweet. My- God. While he confessed to 27 murders, of which only nine were confirmed, he may have killed as many as 200 or more people. God. Holy shit. And they still gave him an Oscar. They sure did. (laughs) Which is better than Leo ever got. Wait, he did finally win, though, so that joke isn't really that funny anymore. Oh, take that, Casey Affleck. (laughs) Anyway. Fuck Casey Affleck, by the way. Yeah. Patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking patriarchy. Besides being a serial killer, H.H. Holmes was also a successful con artist and a bigamist, because why wouldn't you Mm -hmm. be? Because fucking patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So in 1878, at the age of 17, he marries his first wife, Clara, and they have a son. Mm -hmm. At the age of 18, Holmes enrolls in the University of Vermont in Burlington, but was dissatisfied with the school and left after only one year. In 1882, he enters the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery and graduates in June of 1884 after passing his exams. Um, While he was enrolled, he apparently stole cadavers from the library, (gasps) disfigured the bodies, and claimed the victims were killed accidentally in order to collect insurance money from policies he took out on each deceased person. Wait, you can't do that after they're dead. Um, this was the good old days before the internet, when people could actually pull off this kind of shit. Oh, well, that's just smart. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. if they're yeah. already dead, who's he yeah, It's a victimless crime. Yeah. It's a victimless crime. Fuck insurance. Also, two years for, for med school. Did I hear that right? It was 1800. Yeah, they were just getting over leeches. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was like, you're not a witch? Cool. Here's your doctorate. <laughs> they Here's had a whole semester on humors. And mercury. That'll cure you. <laughs> go go cut somebody open. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so his marriage with Clara falls apart soon after, and he just kind of takes off after graduating med school, mm-hmm. abandons his wife and son. Everywhere he goes, rumors of disappearances or strange deaths seem to follow him. So he moves to a town called Moors Forks, New York. Oh. Which is literally spelled <laughs> Moors, like cows are Moors. <laughs> I apologize, UK. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> we are all um, But fault. he... I know. But he's seen with a little boy who later disappears. When mm. he's questioned about it, he claims the child, quote, moved back to his home in Massachusetts, period. Okay. No investigation takes place. Holmes leaves town. So crack police work is happening here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the 1800s. Exactly. <laughs> he then moves to Philadelphia. He gets a job at a drugstore. While he's working there, a boy dies from taking medicine that was bought from the store. Mm. Holmes denies any involvement with the child's death and immediately takes off to Chicago. So he but just has the moving, bag packed. Pretty much. He just mm-hmm. kills and then he just dips. Mm-hmm. And he's just fucking, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's ridiculous. Um, Before moving to Chicago, he decides to change his name to Henry Howard Holmes to avoid the possibility of his previous scams um, catching up with him. But also because his original name is really bad. His original original name is like basically an epithet that we can't say anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) bye-bye, I'm H.H. Holmes now, cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So, on January 28th, 1887, while he's still married to Clara, Holmes marries Myrta Belknap in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <gasps> Ooh, what? I know a Belknap. Yup. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I it's a descendant. Too. Okay. He, he files for say. divorce from Clara a few weeks after marrying Myrta, but the divorce was never finalized. So, he's married to both of them now. Okay. Holmes has a daughter with Myrta whose name is... Lucy. <gasps> oh, God damn it. <laughs> so Holmes lived with Myrta in, and Lucy in Wil- Wilmette, Illinois, which mm-hmm. I've never heard of, but whatever, and spent most of his time in Chicago tending to business, which mm. is super vague, but whatever. Then, <laughs> in 1894, Holmes marries Georgiana Yoke in Denver, Colorado, while he's still married to both mm. Clara and Myrta. Okay. So he's got a bunch of wives. Is that legal? No. It was the 1800s. There was like, again, there's no internet database. You could so easily apply for a marriage license with no cross-checking to see if you're already married. Especially in a different state, you know? Oh, yeah. It's super easy to get away with shit. But it is technically not legal, or does it just not matter because there's no way of proving it? I would assume it's technically not legal. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no checks and balances to figure out if what the fuck's going on in your life, basically. So shit starts to get especially awesome here, and of course, by awesome, I mean awful and horrific. Mm -hmm. Holmes gets a job at another drugstore in Chicago, and he befriends the family owners. When one of the owners dies, so like the the husband owner, Holmes buys the store from the widowed wife, Elizabeth S. Holton. He continues to make money from the drugstore, selling water that he claimed could cure the sick. 
So <laughs> magic water, basically. Yep. So smart water, which I buy when I'm hungover knowing that it doesn't do anything. I actually really need the H.H. Holmes water because I don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck is going on with my health lately. It'll cure your shingles. Yeah. So when he had accumulated enough money to fund his activities, he leaves the drugstore. Um, weirdly, Elizabeth Holton, the widowed wife, is never seen or heard from again. Oh. And whenever any regular customers asked Holmes about her whereabouts after she sold the drugstore to him, he would say that she had moved to California to be close to relatives. So that's another weird disappearance Mm -hmm. that he's got in his wake. I can't even keep track. Are we at, like, four? We're at about four. I can't keep track. I'm so drunk. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) Holmes purchased an empty lot across the street from this drugstore in Chicago, where he builds a three-story block-long hotel. Long Pig. Yep, Long Mm. Pig Hotel. The Long Pig Hotel of Chicago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is going to be the first thing we build with our podcast (laughs) The Um, next thing I'm able to name will be Long Pig. (laughs) Child, Even if it's my child. Pet, <laughs> hotel, whatever comes first. But because <laughs> of its enormous structure, locals called it the castle. So the hotel was officially named the World's Fair Hotel and opened up as a hostel for vendors and people attending the World's Columbian Exposition in 1893. So like one of the first Chicago World's Fairs. Okay. Um, part of the structure that he built was devoted to commercial space, and the ground floor of the castle contained Holmes' own relocated drugstore and various shops, while the upper two floors contained his personal office. So this hotel was fucked and had a labyrinth of rooms with doorways opening to brick walls, Mm. oddly angled hallways, stairways leading to nowhere, doors that could only be opened from the outside and a host of other strange and deceptive constructions. So Holmes was constantly firing and then rehiring different workers Mm -hmm. or firing and hiring different workers during the construction of it, claiming that they were doing incompetent work. But his actual reason was to make sure that he was the only one who fully understood the actual layout and design Mm. of the building. It's so crazy. (gasps) Also, there's like um, some amazing cartoon that someone drew of it that's Mm -hmm. like, you know, supposedly like a cross section. Like if you cut the house in half. Yep. And then you could see inside all the different stories and levels. Someone drew like this amazing cartoon of what it was like mm-hmm. yeah. um, when construction was completed and the hotel was opened, Holmes basically used it as his very own like fucking house of horrors. Mm-hmm. So he selected, of course, mostly female victims from among his employees, and many of whom were were required as a condition of employment to take out life insurance policies. What? Where he was where he was named the beneficiary. And he would pay all their premiums as like, take out this life insurance policy. I'll pay all of your premiums, but you have to make me a beneficiary. And they would do it. My God. Yeah. Because people just didn't. I mean, they were simpler times to be like as simple about it as I can. Mm -hmm. And people were trusting. Oh, my God. It's just fucked up. So, okay, this is it gets real dark here. (laughs) some of his victims were locked in soundproof bedrooms fitted with gas lines 
that let him asphyxiate them at any time. Some victims were taken to one of the rooms on the second floor, like where his office was, called, quote, the secret hanging chamber. I don't like that. Where Holmes hanged them. I mean, it's not hard to figure out Mm -hmm. what happens in the secret hanging chamber. Mm -hmm. He hangs people. Why are hangers? Why? Or maybe the chamber itself was hanging. No, it was not. (laughs) He hung people out there. As a copy editor, I would flag that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just just explained it. It's unflagged. Revised. (laughs) Other victims were locked in a huge soundproof bank vault that was near his office where they were just left... To, suffer, to suffocate. Because oh, it was, like, airtight. my God. Jesus. Um, he had, in the hotel, he had a secret room that was completely sealed by solid brick that he could, or sorry, that could only be entered through a trap door in the ceiling. Mm. Holmes would lock his victims in this room for days to die of hunger and thirst. I am just picturing so just put Leonardo DiCaprio's face poking down from a ceiling into this room. Like, smiling Hell. and then popping out again. Yep. Can't wait. He's going to yeah. do great as Mudget. <laughs> so um, he'd just, like, observe them at various much. states of starvation? Pretty much. He, it, it was like this weird hands-off torture that he would do. So how do you, um, okay, in all respects, is really just watching people die of various ways without him doing it himself, like, you well, know, hanging. direct contact. Yeah, hanging is, yeah. Kenyon, what were you saying? I just have so many questions. How did he have mm-hmm. the money to build this fucking castle of Well, Creek? remember oh, that yeah, he was, that. he was a con artist, so he, he conned people out of a lot of fucking money. And it was the 1800s, so mm-hmm. he was, like, collecting life insurance policies. He took out all of those insurance policies on cadavers mm. and banked a bunch of money. Um, he bought that drugstore for a song and then fucking killed the widowed wife owner and then probably sold it and relocated across the street. I mean, he had his ways to buy property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Chicago was, was still very much in development. It was very small at the time. So even probably in, by, and again, wild speculation, but even in the standards of, like, 1800s financial standing, he had a lot of money, and he probably bought that property for a song. Mm -hmm. Are you sure his last name originally wasn't Drumpf? I know, right? (laughs) Seriously. I'm just going to go ahead and say he's a great-great-grandfather. Yeah. So to to continue with the murder castle... He invented a unique alarm system and installed it to all the doors on the upper floors to alert him whenever anybody was walking around the hotel. He built, like, this sketchy basement, and victims' bodies were put inside, like, a a metal chute or a dumbwaiter, which led down to the basement where some were meticulously dissected, stripped of flesh, crafted into skeleton models, and then sold to medical schools. I can't even keep... Yep. Also, so again, he's oh. still making money, and people are paying to board here. So he's so, making oh money this my. whole time. How is he getting? How are people not realizing that like all these people are going missing, or like all his employees are dying? Well, I mean, people just aren't fucking paying attention, apparently. Yeah. Well, who are the people that he's killing? Are these people who rented a hotel room? Some of them are, or, like, like, random people who go, come and board in the hotel. And, again, it was around the time of the Chicago World's Fair, 
So there were thousands of people, thousands of people that came here, and a lot of people came there alone and then would never go back home. So they are real ho- paying hotel patrons that just never leave. Pretty much. Some of them are. Some of them are his, his employees. Um, like, some of them, it, it appeared to be, could potentially have been sex workers. Like, he, mm. he, he dips from a million different pools. Yeah. And oh I think God. part of the reason why he's he gets away with this shit is because he is a fucking con artist. Like, he's not just lucky, he's manipulative, he's charming. Mm-hmm. Like, he fucking knows what he's doing. Yeah. He has impression management. Mm-hmm. He yes. sure does. And he does. He has a oh bunch of connections. So he has a freak. bunch of connections he made in medical school, so he's selling the skeletons and organs with, like, very little difficulty. Um... And then apparently found later there were, like, these weird lime pits that he had, like, in or connected to the hotel or by, like, the sewer system that he would put the bodies in. There were remains found in these, like, nearby lime pits. I mean, this guy is fucked. Did he, he, like, purchased all the lime to to hide the decomposing bodies, right? I'm assuming he did because he had, again, he had access to, like, really legit medical connections. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he knew what he, he went of, to med school. He knew what he was doing. He's kind of a mastermind. He a is ma- a mastermind. Like, imagine I mean, what... we were talking about Robert Durst and Kenyon's pig fucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like... Long pig. You know, they're either mentally ill no, or... No, this guy's a fucking genius. Just dumb, but this guy was like super smart and super wily about and, everything and I don't, that he did. I don't know what's scarier. The, like, hyper-smart, genius doctor psychopath or the long pig farmer. Like, they're both terrifying. Yeah. But there's something inherently unsettling and creepy about someone who knows not only how to kill you and get away with it, but how to clean your bones and sell your skeleton to a university. And that you could just just be staying in a hotel and be... A target. And fall victim to this, for sure. So, it, 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 there's so much more. It just, it just keeps going. He had two giant furnaces on the premises of the hotel that he used to incinerate some of the bodies or some mm. of the evidence, like maybe some clothes or whatever. Mm. Um, pits of corrosive acid, bottles of various poison, um, and even a stretching rack. Oh, no. <gasps> so, let, we're talking, like, medieval torture. Ew. Yeah. So he so, did he build that himself? I'm not sure where he acquired it. He he easily could have built it, or maybe he bought it. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the victims was his mistress, Julia Smythe. She was the wife of a guy named Ned Connor who had moved into Holmes's building and began working at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. And Holmes began began an affair with Smythe. So he hired the husband. He meets the wife. He starts porking her. He starts mm. long pigging her. Pork, pork, long pigging um, her. <laughs> after Connor finds out about the affair, um, he quits his job and moves away, leaving Smythe behind with her own daughter Pearl, which is like the cutest Aww. baby name ever. I know a baby named Aww. Pearl, and I'm tragically thinking about this sweet baby Pearl. Um, so Smythe has custody of Pearl, stays at the hotel. She's continuing her affair with Holmes. In 1891, Smythe tells Holmes that she's pregnant with his baby and demands a marriage. 
Holmes agrees to marry her, but told her that they could not have the child and suggested performing an abortion. Ooh, not, she agrees. not good in the late 1800s. Not good. No. Not good. Period. Uh, when your fucking sex mister is telling you, well, I'll marry you, but you have to have an abortion, like, none of this is good. Yeah, not And then a good he's sign. offering to perform it, like, red flag mm. ladies yeah. won. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she agrees, though, and oh the abortion God. is planned for Christmas Eve, because what's creepier than a Christmas Eve abortion? <laughs> But instead of performing this abortion, Holmes murders Smythe by overdosing her with chloroform and later kills baby Pearl. Oh, (gasps) the baby? Yep, kills them both. Oh, no. Not Pearl. Don't worry, it gets worse. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Holmes soon thereafter meets a railroad heiress named Minnie Williams while on a business trip in Boston and convinces her to, like, they fall in love. He convinces her to move to Chicago and marry him. Okay? So he proposes to Minnie and encourages her to invite her sister Annie, yep, Minnie and Annie, to Chicago, and she accepts the invitation. Holmes starts a friendship with Annie and gives her a personal tour of the hotel. Never a good idea. Mm. Um, while working in his office, Holmes asks Annie to go inside his office vault, which we heard about earlier, to get a file for him. And while she was inside the vault, Holmes locks her inside and turns on the gas line and kills her. God. Jesus. Yep. Oh, my God. So he was, he was fucking killing people left and right. Le- so, like he can't help it it's like one a no, day it feels pretty like. much so now we're gonna start getting into sort of we're in the rise but now we're gonna start getting into the fall so following the world's fair creditors are closing closing in on him mm-hmm. and the economy is in like a really crazy slump due to quote the panic of 1893 which like wasn't the, it. yeah which wasn't like the dust bowl but it was a big economic depression that caused a bunch of stress and political upheaval at the time mm-hmm so Holmes leaves Chicago and he reappears in Fort Worth, Texas, where he had inherited property from the Williams sisters who he had he had killed Annie for sure and he had likely killed Minnie by now, but he was married to her, so he got like a, a fortune from oh my her God. estate, basically. Yeah. So he sought to construct another castle there along the lines of his Chicago operation, but abandoned the project, probably because he ran out of money. And it just got too expensive. Like, he didn't run out of money, but it just got too expensive, and he was like, fuck it, I'm not going to do this. So he just, he just abandons this building in Chicago, yep. and while it's, it's empty, he, do yeah, people no, realize he dips. all the crazy I shit? I don't think it's empty. I think it's still, like, running to some degree, but I actually I don't have an answer to that question. So after he abandons his... Uh, like murder castle project in Texas. He goes North. He's moving throughout the United States and Canada. And the only murders that are verified during this period were those of his longtime associate, Benjamin Pietzel and three of Pietzel's children. I know it's so the 1800s. It's like not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) So to dive a little tiny bit into Pietzel, because it is actually important. Um, this guy, his his ex-business partner or whatever, had agreed to fake his own death so that Pietzel's wife could collect um, on a $10,000 life insurance policy, which she was supposed to split between Holmes 
And this, like, okay, this is really convoluted, so try to stay with me. Okay. Sort of. Split between Holmes and a shady attorney, Jephthah Howe. Oh, that's Who, who that's wanted in on sounds. the scam. That's I know. some sounds. That's some sounds. <laughs> Jephthah, probably Jewish. Let's be real. Jephthah. The original <laughs> lawyers, the only smart people from the beginning of time. Um, this guy wanted in on the scam. So the plan was that Pietzel would set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry Mm -hmm. and then be killed and disfigured (laughs) in a lab explosion. Holmes Mm. was supposed to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of Pietzel. Holmes instead kills Pietzel by knocking him (laughs) unconscious. Jokes on Pietzel. Because doy. Knocks him unconscious <laughs> with chloroform and sets his body on fire. Then he collects the insurance payout um, on the basis of the genuine Pizzel corpse. Holmes Jesus then goes Christ. on to manipulate Pizzel's unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children to be in his own custody. No. Oh, my Holmes God. Holmes would later confess to murdering two of the kids by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside. He drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one end of a hose through the hole, no. attaching the other end to a gas line to, asphyxi- to asphyxiate them. Mm. He buried their bodies in the basement of their of the house he was renting at the time did and he, just left. Did he do that for insurance money for the kids or just for kids? Not not that it says, no. but I think he just did that one for shits and giggles. Oh my god. <coughs> I got to say though of all the ways that these people have died, mm-hmm. at least he took a little bit of mercy on those two kids. What? It's a lot of... Because they probably died pretty quickly. I hope so. I don't know. Shoved in a trunk? Pretty afraid. You're twisted, Meaning, like, a suitcase. Like, I just keep thinking to his, like, stretching board, or whatever you called it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That people are pulled apart. Like, he was into torture, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, so there are some ways. I don't it certainly know. could have been worse, but it's not fucking good. Chris, no, it's definitely not good. Christmas Eve, Schmushmorshin knocked out with chloroform yeah. is probably the best. <laughs> Trick your fucking mistress into a Schmushmorshin and then mm-hmm. kill her instead on Christmas Eve. Not mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Come on, Holmes, get it together. Right. So could have been he, worse kids so he has been in jail before for like some fucking petty um con crime mm-hmm. and jaywalking yeah pretty much no he he was caught for some con that he pulled he served some some jail time and he mm-hmm. um he meets a guy in jail who now becomes important so in 1894 the police are tipped off by this former cellmate who had given Holmes the idea to fake his partner's death in the first place for insurance and hooked him up with the crooked lawyer that helped him. Okay. And Holmes had promised this previous cellmate a cut for his services but never delivered, so the guy turned on him fucking obviously. So this is is how Holmes' murder spree finally ends because he's arrested in Boston in November um, of 1894 after being tracked there from Philadelphia using some of the tips from his ex-cellmate. And he was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas. Oh. Horses always play a role. <laughs> you don't want to be was a horse sent thief to Australia? in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. It wasn't sheep, though, so I don't think he was exiled. <laughs> so 
So weird shit starts to come out, obviously, after they arrest him and the police start interviewing the, the castle's employees. The caretaker informs police that he was never allowed to clean the second floor, which, as we know from before, was Holmes's office mm-hmm. floor. At blood-soaked <clears throat> floor. Pretty much. The police begin a thorough investigation over the course of a few months, and they uncover Holmes's torture chambers and secret passageways. Um, a large stove on the third floor where they found a piece of a gold chain, women's hair, and a woman's <gasps> shoe. Ugh. Suspecting that the chain belonged to Minnie Williams, one of his wives, um, they took it to a local jeweler who did uh, confirm that it was hers. Um, The police later looked inside Holmes' office vault where he had sent Annie Mm -hmm. to get some files. They found several scratch marks and a mark of what appeared to be a woman's (gasps) shoe. Someone trying to, like, kick and claw their way out. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, he later stated in his confession that the shoe print in the vault did come from Annie Williams during her violent struggle before dying. And when the police finished the upper floors, they moved their investigation down to the basement where they found a pile of human bones mixed with animal bones, a dissection table covered in dried blood, and a pile of bloody women's clothes. Oh my god, he didn't even clean up after himself? No, he was super fucking arrogant. Why would he? He has two giant furnaces. Oh my god. Yeah, why would he give a shit? It's like Willie. Well, burn the clothes at least. He got sloppy. So the number of his victims has been estimated to be as high as 200 based upon missing persons reports at the time, as well as the testimony of Holmes' neighbors, who reported seeing him accompany unidentified young women into his hotel, who they never saw leave. Mm. Um, and uh, that is obviously, so many people. It's so many people. But mm. like, like we were saying, a shit ton of people came to the Chicago to Chicago to see the World's Fair, but for one reason or another, never returned home. Mm. And the the mm. investigations of these, you know, disappearances were not like. Well funded, I guess, and it was the fucking eighteen hundreds. So, like, what did they really have to go on? Forensic evidence was not really a thing. No, not no. at all. Um, it was not exactly. So Holmes personally only confessed to twenty seven murders, but it's like only. known in the in the like true crime community that he's committed far more than that. Yeah, I'm wondering how he was pressed into confessing to those specific twenty six. Murders or it's probably the, f- the the few that they were able to gather evidence on from the castle. Mm-hmm. Like they have a straight body, right? Or like or, or like a this, shoe b- like this with Annie. With Annie, they found you know the piece of a necklace that a jeweler could could confirm was hers. Mm-hmm. Like there there were but some, even, but even that you tactics. could argue that that is not forensic evidence. I mean, certainly you could, but that's it's only just a one different of time. Twenty seven. It's a, yeah, it's a different time. Yeah. We have to think of it in much more archaic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like methods. So he does confess to twenty seven murders, and on May seventh, eighteen ninety six, Holmes is hanged at the Philadelphia County Prison. Um, until the moment of his death, Holmes remained, like, super calm and amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Like, he didn't give a fuck. Impression. Impression management. Mm-hmm. He apparently God. asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried ten feet deep because he was concerned grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissection. Which, yeah, like, well, you know what? super fuck ironic, you. like you did to a yeah. bunch so of people. Sorry. Taste of your own yeah, goddamn medicine. You're gonna be a 
fucking skeleton in somebody's classroom for all eternity. Well, speaking of a taste of your own goddamn medicine, when he was hanged, his neck didn't snap. And he was strangled to death. He was strangled to death, slowly twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap door had been opened. Oh my God. Which, like, normally that that would horrify me, but fuck you, you deserve it. Exactly. That is super karma. Oh my God. Um, And then my last little tidbit is that the murder castle mysteriously um, was gutted by fire in August of 1895. Two men were seen entering the back of the castle between 8 and 9 p.m., and about a half hour later, they're seen exiting the building, like, sprinting away. Hmm. So several explosions follow, and the castle goes up in flames. And afterwards... And this was, like, the year after he was hanged? Exactly. Um, Afterwards, investigators found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building, And some believe that the perpetrators broke into the castle and started the fire in order to either destroy evidence that the police hadn't discovered yet, or that maybe these were outraged citizens that started the fire to prevent the castle from becoming, like, a future tourist attraction. I could Mm. see it going either way. Mm. Um, I would bet that it's the latter, but still, the fact that it could be the former is nauseating. Mm -hmm. I know, but the building did survive the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938. No, people stayed guess, there. Oh, I mean, it, they kept using it for whether it was hotel or retail space, whatever they use it for. And guess what? It, guess what it is now? It's a post <laughs> office. God damn it! So it's clearly a haunted post office in Chicago. Oh, don't ever mail anything to Chicago. Oh yeah. my god, I was just so in like, Chicago. I would have gone to see it. The length of time was more condensed than either of you guys in terms of the time it took for him to commit these murders. But, like, he killed so many fucking people. He built an entire fucking murder castle without getting caught, and then he got caught for something stupid, horse theft, and it ended up being his demise. Cool. All right. So, I mean, he got caught for something stupid, and now he's dead and he was hanged and he had to fucking, like, struggle for 20 minutes and... I don't feel bad about it at all, and he can go fuck himself. Yeah. Fuck you, But he got away with this shit. He killed so many fucking people. I would not be shocked at all if he actually killed 200 people. I'm convinced. At least. At least. Considering he had a hotel full of people to kill. Mm Mm-hmm. And he killed, like, the the children of his wives, and he's he's a fucking asshole. Oh, my God. He got away with so much. He killed baby Pearl. Baby Pearl. Baby Not Pearl. Cool. Um, but I Why? think I think Generation Y maybe did a, a podcast episode on H.H. H. Holmes mm. uh, mm-hmm. that was interesting, but they basically, like, they concluded that he only killed, only killed, like, 20-some no. people, and I was like, boo, 200. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I'm sorry. I'm just not. And I'm not convinced that your fucking Canadian freak didn't kill more than like 60, 70 people. Yeah. Well, he said. It's just how do you know? You just don't. I would always err on the side of more people. Because there are so many. I mean, after reading those stats, there are one third of homicides go unsolved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That means one third of homicide victims are not claimed. They could have so right. why and we, as we've discovered side? as we've discovered they basically like they bring these 
these perpetrators in, they confess to X amount of crimes that they're being investigated for. The police department calls that a win, puts them away for those crimes, and then kind of just, like, chalks up any other investigation to maybe they did it and just, like, is done. Right. Yeah. yeah. Becomes low priority. So it's all fucked. All right. Well, this was a There's happy, that. light episode. This was a mm-hmm. great one. Do we have any jokes? I loved it. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> uh, Why did the chicken didn't... cross the road? <laughs> <laughs> to get to the murder castle. <laughs> All right. So, special thanks this week. We yes. uh, we have a lot of people to thank this week because we are just... You're all amazing. Yeah. We're just so floored and so grateful to all of you so um, i'm eating chipotle during special thanks special thanks to chipotle it's it's an honor (laughs) to hear amanda (laughs) chewing chipotle so you're welcome this is your this is your on-air treat everyone (laughs) okay so first off we have danielle marlene thompson and casey Mm -hmm. jeffrey our new Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We also have in a different category of Patreon supporters. So these people are um, donating enough per month that they'll also be getting some surprise free merch in the mail mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. we like design when and we order it. and purchase. Figure merch. out our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'll be very soon though. Soonish. It's in the works. Soonish. It is in the works. Very soonish. And yeah, and actually all your Patreon support is what's going to enable us to actually buy the merch to then sell. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be awesome. It's coming. It's for sure coming. So these peeps are going to be getting some merch in the mail. Amar Kidway. That's my cousin's best friend, and he's a total hunk, so if you're in the Boston area, look yeah. him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A body with a body. Ow, ow! Um, Woo! Also, Heather Zune, Amber mm-hmm. Uriel, Uriel, Ariel, she's a mermaid. Um, she is a mermaid. She's a mermaid, it's a fact. Uh, also, maybe Patreon supporters should send, like, a note with... Name pronunciations that would be great. spelling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just be okay with Kenyan butchering. Yeah. Here. <laughs> um, Jillian Alexander Hollis, and mm-hmm. last but not least, Tippy, which is just a my really little fun Tippy name. Longstocking. I love <laughs> you, Tip. Thanks for helping us. So we have all these people, and I'm starting to regret saying in uh, the last episode that if we made enough money from the podcast, we'd post our childhood <laughs> photos. Oh my god! Because you're the one who <laughs> you're the one who stands to lose the most it's from that. True. Yeah, you're not getting shit from me. <laughs> I don't have a bedazzled eye patch in my pa- in my past that I have to um, reconcile. I do. Yeah, Lucy also had an eye patch. We both did. What before we knew each other. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. We were destined to we be friends. We both have real bad I never had eyes. one of those. I just had a weird haircut. Yeah. I had two eye patches, so I could choose, depending <laughs> on my mood, if I wanted an owl or a cat. <laughs> I pictured you wearing those at the same time. So Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. All right. So I also want to do shout-outs to two other podcasts because it's uh, it's still tripod month uh we're mm-hmm. at the very tail end of march so i want to do a shout out to the dan and cody podcast that's cody with a k 
they shouted us the out on their uh, on a recent episode of theirs, which was so sweet of them. They are mm-hmm. really funny. Um, I was yeah, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like skeptical of like just two dudes talking about whatever as like mm-hmm. the podcast premise uh, because fucking patriarchy. Because but. fucking patriarchy. But no, these two dudes are really funny. So give them a, a chance, mm-hmm. uh, Dan and Cody podcast, and then also. Lucy and Amanda, do you want to tell our listeners about uh, the fun Hell yes. little podcast? Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, take it away. Gracefully, yes. <laughs> we recently uh, w- got to be guest hosts for a commentary episode of the Karen and Ellen Letters. And Which, it is if you have amazing. not listened, is hysterical. It's totally and it's now. so hard to believe. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, we got this email and I looked into it and I'm like, there is no fucking way this is a real thing. And it it's is. a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those rare gems in mm-hmm. reality where you think that it's too good to be true, but it isn't. It's true. It's true. So do yourself a favor, listen to both the Dan and Cody podcast and the Karen and Ellen letters. You will not regret it. So good. Absolutely will not. Okay. We love you all. Thank cool. you so much. Mwah. Bye. Enjoy this four-hour right. episode. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Sound mixing by Dan Larson. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. All Wine and Crime episodes are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, plus a number of other podcasting apps. If we're not on your preferred app yet, let us know and we'll work to make sure you get your Wine and Crime fix ASAP. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the word. Support for Wine and Crime comes from us. At the moment, we're footing most of the bill, but we ain't too proud to beg, so we're also on Patreon. If you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. (laughs) 